and hello gretel welcome everyone to episode 5 of cancel and gretel we're finally going to talk about it oh no it's happening it's finally happening we do, it's finally we happening i have goosebumps all over my body because this is the first time that someone of my kind is being represented in the positions of highest power oh Oh. I have tears of happiness in my eyes brimming right now ready to out ready to burst out any minute because Kamala Akka is running for vice president god man i i just don't like her i just don't like her we should She's... have a code word so... for when i when i should get you off the cliff before you start climbing i need i need a code word gabbard <laughs> All right, done. You'll know if you hear Gabbard, you'll know you need to stop me. Sounds good. <laughs> But my God, she is so fake. She is so fake. Like the okay. So I kind of realized it was her because all of the gifts started suddenly populating with her weird dances and stuff. Stuff. <laughs> and, and even those are so. cringy man those are so cringy like she is such a f- i mean not surprising she comes out of like california so i mean i love california but i don't know why she said she comes out of california but anyway she is just oh god i do not like kamala akka did you watch the video of steven colbert interviewing kamala akka precisely did you watch, the- listen to her laughter oh my god that laughter when she can't justify ियसिंग south indian languages including i mean Tamil. i mean how much should we hate ourselves for calling her akka instead of chitti like you did earlier today i mean i i guess we just hate ourselves we see ourselves as old brown people because that is definitely no akka more like kamala chitti oh boy my grandma's sister's name is kamala as well i don't know if that says anything but yeah also for the Fourteen people listening, and for the rest of the world, if they ever decide to listen to this episode at any point later, it's Kamala. It's not Kamala ha, or Kamala. Ah, it's Kamala. I get that those syllables do not exist in the English language. So, but I mean, if they can talk about coming to a sexual orgasm, oh, right, can't right, they? Right, right, right. I mean, it's not that hard. It's one of the easier Indian names. Speaking of coming to Kamala, the Democratic Ew. Convention, man. Oh yes, <laughs> I couldn't watch the whole thing, but I've seen snippets, and that was enough to scar me. Unfortunately, but I heard that Biden's speech was really good, and yeah. I'm such a huge Biden fan. I mean, I kind of crushed on him years ago, but I I really like him. I mean, he's such a nice guy. and if he wasn't so old he would make an amazing president i feel he's just so, awesome man that's what i wanted to ask you is he all there 
So, if you ask me as a biologist, he's doing okay, I guess. But if you ask me, like as a regular person, what is from that? What I see, as a biologist, the only thing you're concerned about is if his heart is beating. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's beating. I don't know much. I can't see as a scientist. How can I comment about somebody's cognitive abilities unless I do a test on them? So, but from what you, you see on you TV, you listen to them. What? You listen to them. Yeah. So based on what I listen on when I what I watch on TV, he is not there. He can't remember basic stuff. He makes a lot of mistakes in his speeches, even though, you know, he has rehearsed them or he has a screen in front of him, which is really bad. And I also know that he has like a lifelong problem of stuttering with words, but that's a different problem. Like that's. something that he had since his childhood and he's worked hard and he's overcome speaking of which you should watch this really touching video of him with this little kid who also has a stutter i i cried all day today watching those videos um he's such a stand up guy but yeah it doesn't look like he's mentally equipped or like he's not mentally present to take the stress and challenges of being a president so probably if he becomes president it will be a pino president in name only and kamala akka will be taking over the reins which i am mildly excited about i guess i don't this know this will be our first major disagreement on the podcast like- oh it's not because of policies like it's not like i it's not at all because of policies it's not like i support her or i'm crazy about her i'm just playing this fake funny or like partially funny game that you know what leftists play that you know we have representation of a brown girl so i'm just pull, pushing that to the extreme i truly don't care one way or the other i don't think she's like the worst or anything i'm but yeah i mean i agree with you that she's a total fake and uh, there's she's just another sleazy politician she's not worse she's not better She's yeah, just I mean, another sleazy politician. That's that's that's, that's that's literally all there is to her. That's literally yeah. I mean, like that's every politician out there except for Bernie Sanders is some version there's of others. her. I think there's others, but anyway, the my to put it in sciencey terms, you go back and watch Joe Biden's old videos from when. I mean, you don't even have to go back too long. Even from ten years ago, you can use that as the control group and his speeches and talks now as the treatment group. Mm-hmm. You can clearly see a cognitive decline. You can clearly see a cognitive decline, and it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's obvious. It's apparent. You don't even need to argue about it. It's quite apparent. And if there is a debate, I feel like Trump, who himself isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Will eat Biden alive like it's a bat at a Chinese wet market. <laughs> I ah uh, that was wrong on so many levels. Oh Lord, I totally okay. agree, sort of. But I also think that Trump is such a moron that all Biden needs to do is just be alive and string five sentences together. Meaning, in the debate, if he just refuses to participate and just says five rehearsed sentences. that potently attack trump that would do the trick that's the thing i mean trump is very good at spontaneity did you watch the press conference where that stupid idiot reporter who probably prepared the question asked if trump devow uh, disavows qanon and then she went uh, to that qanon thinks that you are fighting a 
pedophilia ring and trump is like why do you make that sound like it's a bad thing like how is she i know and trump is like uh, trump rides the ego train it's like if qanon is praising him trump is like oh qanon is great tomorrow if qanon says trump is a moron he'll disavow qanon it's like trump, he's just driven by who likes him trump is a kindergarten child who changes his best friend on like a weekly basis i know probably even daily basis and everybody who has been his best friend and who's not anymore is like the worst and gets bad nicknames so he's like yeah it's too juvenile i don't know i i feel like if biden is able to maintain some sort of reasonable performance he will make it because i think he has a favorable uh future ahead based on polling data so i'm hopeful still that he can win i think as a candidate just the platform he's running on and his past history he's a great candidate if not for his you know gaffes or whatever he would be a pretty great opponent to trump because he's not he's pretty moderate and all he talks about is just generic stuff that's related to american politics it's neither hyper left wing nor hyper right wing so like a lot of independents would definitely want to vote for him so i see like if i was an american citizen i would vote for biden any day against trump but the problem is that yeah his mental state might affect him in the debates speaking of that are there going to be proper debates or are they going to be like so, zoom debates what's the deal i mean i guess it's going to be a zoom debate but i believe the democrats are trying not to have any debates that would be the best because if they didn't have the debates and tomorrow there was an election i think that biden would win that's what it's looking like right now but I feel if they do Zoom debates, they should just if if Biden starts screwing up, they should just say internet connection and hang up the call from his end, and they would probably get away with it. And they could just do that and you know cover up his. I'm not even like I'm not even trying to be shameful about this. Like I'm actively rooting for Biden to win. That I don't care about any of these sleazy techniques of escaping him getting thrashed in a debate because I don't think that winning a debate is what makes a president good and. Yeah, I mean, he has better ways of conveying to the voters what sort of a president he'll be. He doesn't need to beat Trump. Like, that's just yeah. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about of you know WWE style SmackDown style debate. So yeah. Yeah, it, I mean the debates are completely trash. I. I mean, okay, so- do we watch it really to? find out who's the best candidate to vote we watch it because it's a shit fest and we just want to get our popcorn popcorn and entertain ourselves so yeah i mean, I mean my favorite moment from all of the democratic debates was tulsi whose surname i will not mention right now yeah just not laughing kamlaka man i feel so bad that she destroyed kamla harris's and campaign and still it didn't matter it still it didn't, didn't matter what the fuck i know right it still didn't matter this is this this upsets me as well that's got to be the greatest smackdown in the last 5 to 10 years and it just didn't matter and apparently tulsi was not even invited to speak yeah, at the dnc although did. most of the other primary contenders who had lesser votes than her were asked to speak but she wasn't which is a pity she they they don't Sad. deserve her man she's too cool for them screw i know screw them i know I mean I like Biden but I'm not a huge fan of anything to the left of Biden and yeah so 
so my look i don't care for either trump or biden my single issue are you sure the, because on immigration i think biden is going to be much much relaxed than trump um i mean i sort of made peace with the fact that if they kick me out they kick me out it's fine I, it's quite it's quite interesting you said that because a lot of my indian colleagues have said the same they're like november 3rd i know is like a big day that's been awaited by americans but to us frankly it doesn't matter all the events that have happened this year and the amount of stress that immigrants have gone through they exactly. are like ready to leave anytime they're like we won't even put up a fight we don't even care honestly at this point and so, i mean i the whole reason we started this podcast is Uh, the primary reason i don't really care for being in the us in the long term is to just look at what's happening in portland and seattle what the fuck the lunatics are taking over the asylum i know i can't believe this is us i can't believe this is us i know it's probably overplayed in the media and things on ground aren't as bad but come on man what the fuck? fuck is going on i mean you have literal marxists out in the streets and this is the problem with the world right you teach the world adolf hitler was bad you talk nothing about stalin or churchill but that's besides the point you talk nothing about stalin or mao or pot yeah. how many how many and you have kids who believe that socialism is great and they have hammer and sickle icons in their twitter handles and bios and what and i'm like oh my god oh my god how rita i mean if that's the that's where the world is headed you're not allowed to say the r word gretel what's the r word you're not andrew shoes never mind oh never mind. yes we'll yeah. have to go back and censor that out but anyway what wait are so you getting me on a are you censoring me on a show literally called cancel and gretel Yeah, I mean it's a microaggression. I'm still like playing a joke, but I once got offended looks from two white people because I used it by mistake a few years ago. Remember I told you about this? Oh, where man. I was talking about this really evil person in my life, like a truly evil person. Like mm-hmm. they all agreed the person was evil, but I said, "Yeah, that person has been retarded." retarded for a long time. Okay. And I just meant it like they're clinically insane. which is another synonym and it's not a synonym i guess but anyway they were they were like we totally agree that you're pissed but the correct word to use here is sociopath so i was like oh okay so from one diagnosis to another great so sure. yeah it's will okay i'll be politically correct the future of american society looks to be chromosomally surplus <laughs> fair enough you got all technical there and i'm and glad that i got that particular joke but yeah i mean but, yeah i mean us, maybe so, it seems that way but maybe in the big picture it doesn't matter like twitter is not okay, real so, life okay so fair enough so here's my big picture my big picture is not america my big picture honestly is what are trump and biden's stance on china that is hmm. literally the most important thing in this election You uh, have, don't tell me your team NJT team your underwear on this you will have to explain that reference later but um sagar sagar NJT i know no i got it i got it but to anyone who's listening so the thing is 
have you read about what's happening in Uyghur uh, yes. in, to the you yes. you or Uyghur I, I I don't know I don't how, know how it's to pre- pronounce it but but um, yeah those uh, people are young getting the worst and so it's horrifying. Yeah. I, I visited a Holocaust museum, and I was appalled that something like that could have ever happened. And I, I thought that you know, this wouldn't happen in our time, but it's happening. Mm. It, it's it is happening. happening. It's happening. I know. It's, it's, it's just, just this morning I was reading an article about how they. They killed babies who were nine months old. Nine months old. I saw that today. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That is... That just... And like they force... They force sterilized women so they don't give Mm -hmm. birth to more of the same Mm -hmm. background, ethnic background or whatever. It's like, yeah, it is like a real... The Holocaust version too. It's just... Completely appalling. It's just completely appalling, and and it I shouldn't take Republicans like, to make Americans aware of this. This should yeah, be a non-partisan yeah. issue, right? Why is it such a partisan it's issue? It's so stupid that you can't even call. I mean, a hundred and seventy thousand Americans are dead, and they get their panties in a twist about calling it Chinese virus. Exactly. Oh God. But yeah, so Trump released an attack ad yesterday. I mean, okay. To play devil's advocate, advocate, I know Chinese virus is not the end of the world because 170,000 people are dead. But imagine walking on the street and the white person looks at a Chinese person and say, you're the reason Chinese version killed so many of us. It's just going to lead to more, you know... uh, For sure, for sure. I mean, I don't want... I don't want... I have a very... So in January, I actually roomed with a guy from Wuhan. Yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, so you have a very adventurous life. Pretty up close, and I got like updates about what's happening in Wuhan. And anyway, that doesn't matter. The thing I obviously don't want violence against Chinese people or Asian Americans or anyone of the sort. But the Chinese government fucked up. They fucked up. They fucked numbers for sure, but they also fucked up the response. They did, yeah, they did. I'm sure, like, if if they do an investigation, they'll find some carelessness in their protocols, you know, safety protocols. Because working with viruses is no joke. Mm -hmm. And I'm not defending the response of the US or India. And obviously, it's terrible. Even even those countries are completely messed things up, but. The initial blame does go to China. There is no circumventing that fact. And like Democrats, or I don't think it's the Democratic Party. I'm guessing it's some stupid idiots on Twitter. But people trending Trump virus. Are you out of your mind? I know. That is such a shitty. Firstly, that is such a shitty strategy. It's not going to appeal to anyone except your own circle. Who mm-hmm. all believe the same thing that you do. Secondly, how does it help with ameliorating coronavirus? It doesn't help at all. And how, how exactly is it Trump's virus? I mean, sure, I don't agree with every decision he's made on this pandemic. But I've noticed that a lot of the states are blaming him and poor federal response for everything that's happening. And it's just too bad because that's the way that the country is set up, right? They have states' rights. They have, like, hmm. mayors have rights and states have rights. And, you know, one can't override the other. And I know, like, 
Trump's government has not been great. But initially, at least they were terrible. And then they got better with time. And I, I think he as a person is still terrible on coronavirus. But the federal government oh. in general sucked it up and got their act together. Like in, in a short amount of time. Like as someone from India, again, I guess we shouldn't compare to a third world country. But the they initially had a terrible shortage of masks and ventilators. But from once they realized that they were in this inferior position, and yeah, they were kind of screwed because a lot of the market is Chinese, but they sucked it up and they, they made it. Like by the time all the people in New York were dying and the cases were peaking, I know that New York suffered a lot, but they were pretty well equipped. I mean, right now New testing York, is... New testing York is suffered prevalent. because... New York suffered because Andrew Cuomo made some very bad decisions with sending... And and they are never talked about. And and I agree, yeah. like, he made yeah, mistakes. But I'm not, like, super harsh on him either. Because I feel yeah, I mean, in Feb and March, nobody took the pandemic seriously. Dude. We didn't know enough about it. Yes. To, be, to be very fair, he, like, his whole leadership after that, his presence was quite comforting. It was amazing. It was amazing. Every day I would wake up and watch his one-hour morning briefing where he would give us the stats. He would tell us whether things are better than last week, whether things are better than yesterday, what are the plans. And you know, the reopening plans, he eased the people into it through these pref- briefing, briefings. Yeah. And I know his initial response was terrible, but I don't blame him for being a Democrat for that or for being mm-hmm. Cuomo. Mm-hmm. Any person in that stage could have likely it's made those mistakes. It was poor decision-making. It was just yeah. poor decision-making. But, um, no, mean, but in his defense, we didn't know enough about the pandemic I'm, then, man. We didn't know it had spread so much in New York. It's like it came as a surprise when we saw all the numbers peaking uh, towards the end of March and April. It was horrifying. Like Literally, like one week before it started peaking, I was swimming in the crowd of people pretending that everything was fine. Like Nobody knew the seriousness of this. And so... There's like faults on so many levels, but he's not the only person to blame. So yeah, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Trump has been Sorry. completely unempathetic on the COVID response. And that is... He's the oh, worst. I, he's I, the worst. I feel like even if the deaths, which is really unfortunate, even if the deaths were as, as high as they are, if Trump had shown some basic empathy he might still have had a very decent shot at the election. His complete lack of empathy is going to put off a lot of apathetic or undecided voters. I totally agree. And and yeah, I mean, it all comes back to his shitty personality, dude, and his big ego, where he can't tolerate people criticizing him. Did you watch the Jonathan Swan interview? It was, it was such a shit fest. It's like he just can't bear being told that he did, he made some mistakes. He just wants to keep arguing against and keep saying, oh, we're testing more than ever. That's why we have so many cases. He always wants to defend the case that he's the greatest. And it's it's a very bad strategy during this kind of mm-hmm. a crisis. And yeah, it's. I, I hope he goes down. I mean, I don't know. I hope he gets voted out. And I hope that if federal authorities are listening to this podcast, they don't cancel my visa i don't know what's happening i mean yeah i i don't know see i don't think like the federal government itself it's not like trump virus i mean trump didn't cause this virus he definitely led to poor management of it but i don't necessarily blame just the federal government for this and and trump being trump is a separate issue like it definitely made things worse but i won't say it made things infinitely worse 
I just think it made things worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's weird that we are always on this journey of talking about things in a nuanced way. It kind of irritates me that I'm trying to be nuanced. I should just say, yeah, Trump fucked things up and just get over it. I don't know why I'm like defending the nitty gritties, but it's only because of shitty hashtags like Trump virus that doesn't help anyone. Mm-hmm. That's what riles me up and goes down, makes me go down this shitty path. Of trying yeah. to justify you, you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about yeah. I want to talk about yeah. I want to talk about that. And I tweeted this out yesterday. If you're not following us, please follow us at at Cancel Gritle on Twitter. And I said that the thing with elites is that they live such homogenous lives. And I've mentioned this on a previous episode as well. Really, I mean, rich people live incredibly similar lives. They'll, I, you know, go for holidays to the same old ski resorts and like summer resort places. Yeah. And sip the same wine and blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. the only diversity that they can even comprehend is in appearances. That's mm-hmm. it, because they all eat the same, they all behave the same, and so the only thing for them is, oh, you look different. Therefore, diversity. Whereas, real people, people like you and me, people like who aren't like shitting gold, we have incredibly different, complicated lives. Someone, someone from the same socio-economic background from India has a very, very different worldview than say you or I do, and I'm sure we have our own differences, and which is why I feel like non-elite people. look for shared values and shared cultures and shared myths and therefore diversity to them is not just about how you look diversity is actually along lines of culture and what you believe in things of that sort which is why this whole narrative of oh kamala being the vp pick and being the first indian american or south asian american vp pick it's all horseshit no one cares about <laughs> Kamala Harris in India. I mean, most people don't. Oh, like I have a story though. I have a funny story, but I'll let you finish your uh, important point. I'm here just for the giggling stories, but I can go when you're ready. Thanks. So, I mean, she has like her views are in her are anti-India, and I don't. I and again, she's a slimy politician. I'm sure she doesn't believe any of it, but she has made she has preached to the choir about. something about kashmir because but that's how these lefty liberal politicians are right it's all intersectional like you have to be if you are anti racism you also have to be anti israel anti india anti god knows what else so this whole weird yep. sequel join is not something in that i understand but that's the thing i mean indian see a lot more in common with a tulsi gabbard stop me than with kamala <laughs> harris that and that and i like tulsi gabbard infinitely more infinitely more than i like kamala i don't even like kamala harris i really like tulsi gabbard <laughs> all right i think we'll we'll take a break here and i'll start a shitty story of mine because uh, our my co podcast host is practically drooling thinking about tulsi gabbard so i think we need to let him cool down um so yeah speaking of nobody in india likes kamala harris i have a funny story for you which my dad narrated so as you know kamala is half tamilian 
so she she shares a little bit of my heritage and while i'm just fake being excited about it i'm honestly i don't give a shit i don't give a shit how tamil how tamil she is or like how much of indian culture she is absorbed but uh, what happened was once she got nominated for the vp uh, the hometown that she's from is this town called painganadu um it's in tamil nadu it's a remote town which is like 20 kilometers from my mom's hometown i guess and anyway so the people of that town uh, or the politicians or the village heads of that town put up a huge banner saying we need to uh, motivate and encourage our leader a lady from our town has made it to the vice president election so we need to motivate and send her blessings long live talaivi kamala harris the people of painganadu are behind you so uh, they posted this and so on all whatsapp groups this was trending and you know tamils were getting hyped up and then that's when the tamil brahmins jumped in in their groups saying that ooh uh, can i say a sentence in tamil doesn't matter i'll translate it uh, by this time everybody knows i am i'm at least half tamilian so i might as well go for it so yeah so people were like ooh ava nammalaval which is like a brahmin slang for she's one of us and so then people started uh, digging up her mom's past and where her grandparents grew up in tamil nadu and you know the street they lived in and you know they visited those streets made videos this is where kamla harris's grandparents grew up and all that shit so a lot of drama basically and then what happened was another group which is uh, so what happened was karunanidhi who's like a big politician in tamil nadu uh, his daughter started posting pro kamala harris posts because she's also like a left wing person and she was like um, somebody from dravida nadu dravida nadu means like the land of tamils so this is just uh, a fringe movement that is like focusing on tamil supremacy or something it's too complicated for people it's, to get but it's like uh, if texas had a texas secession party exactly it's exactly like texas it's a fringe movement but they pop up from time to time to push their agenda and they just fizzle and die out so anyway she was like oh a dravidian woman is finally running for vp solidarity we are all you know there for you and then what happened was somebody from her side uh, you know circulated a video of kamala eating pork and so then the tamil brahmins were really worked up because we are supposed to be vegetarians so then they were like oh ava namlava illa so basically it's like they're dis- disowning her as a brahmin because they saw her eating pork and said oh we never claimed that she's one of us maybe her grandparents were but she was not we don't have anything to do with her it's a shame we wasted the last 2 3 days on whatsapp getting excited about her so basically yeah these bunch of jobless indian uncles who have nothing else going on in their lives because of the pandemic they got momentarily excited and then immediately disowned her uh so yeah that's what was up in tamil twitter just in case you're interested i thought it was super hilarious god this is the issue with identity politics i know it's so cringy it's so cringy as cringing the whole time my dad was narrating this story to me because i don't relate at all to her like that's the whole point i don't relate at all to her like no way i relate more with biden the king kamala harris and i have in common is neither of us can dance <laughs> also please tell me my laughter is less cringy than hers because i will probably yes, go course. and jump into a well yeah thank you so much 
that made my friday nights um yeah for sure i mean yeah there's nothing there's nothing remotely that i feel empowered seeing her and like people in my lab were texting on the group saying oh she's ra- she's the pick for vp representation brown representation black representation you know like my activist lab mate and so i dm'd her saying oh but actually i i i was just joking okay but she took me seriously i was like oh actually it's the first tamil vice president pick and then she thumbs she gave me a thumbs up and a fire emoji to that so she took me seriously so yeah like people people at work think that i'm very excited that one of my my type is good lord you know, the vp yeah i mean yeah uh, i mean at least that helps me stay in the woke good books i'm game i'm game machi oh my god yeah but but in my but i would like to say i don't necessarily hate her or anything i, I mean, don't I love don't, her either i, don't I like just her. think she i, I just been- against her i just don't like her because she comes across as a very slimy person she totally is and i i, I would just defend her by saying that most politicians are and so it's not very surprising to me and i'm not particularly shocked or repulsed by it i just and don't necessarily like politicians or like people worshiping politicians because most of them are sleaze bags most of them are disgusting so she is just indian politicians i don't know I know we've talked about this already, but she is the anti-Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> yeah, we need to repeat that because that yeah, was a really like, good one. Like Warren is Warren pretends to be Indian while Harris pretends not to be. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I really exactly. like Elizabeth Warren. I re- I think another uh, instance of them being like antithetical is Warren has dog shit. political instincts she has absolutely the worst political instincts whereas kamala harris has mm. very manipulator yeah very manipulator yeah very smart like very cunning in the sense of politics like very cunning i think it's quite a talent i don't necessarily agree with her but it is a talent you need to survive in politics she And- is super sharp as a politician whereas elizabeth warren i think i have a lot of respect for what she did with the consumer protection bureau and stuff and i think she would have probably been the best president of out of i mean maybe I mean, andrew yeah she's Yang. so smart yeah she's she so is super smart. smart she is super smart and i'm yeah. i'm sure kamala harris is smart but elizabeth warren seems very well meaning as well hmm maybe i don't know I don't have a strong opinion. Yeah, I I kind of like Warren a lot. I feel like if Warren had when Bernie was going through his heart problem, if Warren had just reached out to AOC and like struck a deal there, she would have sealed the nomination and it would have been all over. Mm. But then she would have had to go down AOC's policy paths to keep her and her they align plan, a lot. Plan. They align a lot anyway. Yeah, and I don't align with that that angle of alignment, and I'm I'm perpendicular to that, and this is why I have a problem with them because AOC yeah. is a socialist, and we both know that there is no hiding that she's very charming, she's very well put together, and she's very impactful, and she will run for president. But at the end of the day, she is a socialist, and I am not for that. I don't know how being a socialist got normalized in the US. it is not it is not and 
it is it not is. normalized it okay, is maybe not it's on twitter yeah only on twitter everything that's fringe gets normalized very quickly but in real but life wasn't no, burning, like there's polling data until everyone dropped out sorry wasn't bernie winning but biden beat bernie right that clearly shows that people don't want socialists and there was polls just before biden got nominated where a majority of people showed that they uh, answered that they don't want socialism in the us uh, maybe the question should have been phrased democratic socialism because that's the accurate way that bernie likes to call himself but I mean, the question was about socialism the it's question socialism. was socialism yeah and a majority said they are, they are not supportive of that so the public is not interested in these ideas it's just yeah it's it's a fringe thing and i mean i'm not it's, saying it's like super fringe but it's, no, it's not the majority okay the thing with fringe is fringe makes it seem like it's a vertical slice it's not it's a horizontal slice as in there's an entire cohort of young people that are actually pro socialism totally totally i agree. fringe would be people f- across all ages but of small minority that's not how it is that mm-hmm. is what is worrying it's a much more yeah the next the, generation of voters precisely the are, yeah the kids on tiktok yeah Actually. but speaking of that can i can i go on a mini tangent on that topic and yeah, turn sure. out to be a judgmental hoe so basically i saw this uh CNBC article tweeted out uh, did you see that where a guy claimed to be saving a lot of money and like it was about a guy in Boston who was making money by uh, tutoring for GMAT and SAT exams i guess and he was making 100 grand a year just by tutoring students in the Boston area and it was CNBC posted an article of how he spends his monthly income how much he saves how much he donates and so they had like a pie chart with his rent so his rent was like 800 dollars a month and like his phone bill was like 40 his internet was 20 and he had like a cleaner he donated 600 dollars a month and he saved a lot of money after all of these minimal expenses so like i guess he saved 4000 or something a month out Damn. of 6000 which is a lot which is amazing but and and people were like very pissed off at him uh, at that article and they were like stop spreading fake news nobody can save this much nobody can live like this this is such fake news but if you read the article it says he even though he makes so much money he shares a one bedroom not one bedroom uh, how many ever bedroom apartment with four people so he splits the rent four ways he says splits internet four ways his phone connection is a family plan with his parents and so he has these hacks to reduce his expenses every month and he's like i mostly cook at home so he eats out very less and so he ends up saving a lot and it made me think like the majority of the comments to that post 90% of the comments were millennials who were like rambling that this is not reality and then like a couple of people like very small minority including me we posted about how we managed like i managed on a 2000 dollars a month uh stipend for 6 years of my life and and i know it's texas but only for the first year i had a roommate after that i did not have a roommate i bought a car with my savings from my stipend of 2000 dollars a month and i did not have a cell phone plan that was shared with anyone but i still saved money okay so it's possible and even right now i'm living in the east coast and i found ways to cut costs i found like the cheapest internet i pay 15 bucks a month for internet i found ways to reduce all my costs okay i split up 
you know like all this netflix and hulu i share it with people and i split up my costs so that i try to save as much as i can as long as the shopaholic doesn't take over but that's the point it's like the, the new generation of people they don't know again i sound like a boomer i'm probably a boomer but these people don't know how to spend their money they don't know how to cut costs and save money and it's not a surprise that they would support socialist policies because they don't have savings of course anybody who doesn't have savings will want to go for socialist policies like it makes sense it's about survival right that's the end of my mini tangential rant this actually reminded me i share a netflix plan with someone i know potentially and you're not friends about... with them yes i need mm, to that's tricky issue. yeah anyway so i mean I mean this is something that immigrants can teach something to the citizens because I think even you it's, as an immigrant the choices you made and the choices like for example my sibling he has not been earning in the last 2 years just like you he was pursuing education on a loan and you know my parents did help him out with the living expenses and stuff but they couldn't afford to send more than $500 once in 2 months so he managed his rent and utilities all in less than 400 a month and so they would send 500 to 700 once in two months and he would manage with that and you know that's that's how he managed and like you now he's got a job and stuff really bad about how much i have spent but anyway no i mean don't feel bad it's like i feel bad for my sibling because i didn't have a way of sending him more money neither did my parents because that was a huge chunk of my dad's salary in india because you know mm-hmm. you have the indian indian to dollar conversion yeah, yeah. so that's that's all he could send and my sibling didn't complain uh, they they managed with that money they roomed with people they 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 literally didn't go to starbucks to get a coffee that they wanted because it was 4 dollars and they they would do that only once a week even though they wanted to do it every day and even now they feel weird about going and getting it every week uh, every day so i'm not saying everybody needs to punish themselves like this but the point is by making these hard and horrible choices it is possible to survive on very little money and so look and, okay i'm going to stop you right there yeah sorry I, i got very heated i think it's that's fine it's fine um here's what i think you can survive for a while anyone can survive for a while but survival is the ends to a mean and that mean is typically a comfortable life which i feel in today's world a lot of people in the us or in india or wherever do not have access to uh, i read a lot of uh, nasim taleb during the pandemic and he talks about how scale when things like really were function at large scale it allows for a few winners and every pretty much everyone else is not a winner it's the extension of the 80 20 rule i've already talked about this but the extension of the 80 20 rule is 51 it's mathematically equivalent so all of this income inequality 1% on 50% all of that is just nature and the thing is while earlier maybe the us operated on a more regional scale now things are global there's people sitting in new york and san francisco making big bucks and everyone else is struggling but i'm so not I, talking about the ones who are struggling those people 
those people no, have a genuine reason to cry no, i'm talking about the ones who are making enough but who make poor choices and then cry about it i mean come on sure. you can't encourage that i i don't encourage that but this country's economic system is sort of built around people spending so if they that's suddenly, every that's every economic system dude everybody likes no, indulgence that's no, not an excuse no, no. like a lot of east asian countries actually in ask people to save because then they would pump the saving into investment and then blah 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 that's not and that's a good thing and that's a good thing and the younger generation over here don't seem to sure. remember that i, I get and again i'm not but... saying it's all of them in fact there are some there are some good people that i know again it's 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 anecdotal but the religious people i know here or the very few american friends i have are ultra religious and they are the ones who make they they have been taught i think it's so it's, it's i'm not even saying that these people should automatically know it like you said it's something a part of the culture and the family that teaches you that you need to do these things in order to secure your future and that can be taught across cultures irrespective of the kind of economy there is that you need to save money to secure your future fair enough what is so controversial about this there's nothing controversial about that but my point is that people making dumb spending decisions in the us contributes to their economy and contributes to a lot of people that start up and cater to tiny tiny niches in the economy in india that would a lot i mean in india there we do not have consumerism like there is in the us people are much more spend thrift and therefore the biggest cons- consideration for anyone trying to start their businesses will people even pay people aren't willing to pay for most things in india like until i moved to the us i never paid for music for example <laughs> like yeah. out here i didn't have a choice i had to get a spotify subscription but yeah i i had never paid for music until what 20 17 18 whatever it was people in india don't pay for things and i don't think that's great either and we save we save money and no even people here also save that's my point i'm not see i'm not arguing against what you're saying what you're saying is 100% true but what you do is you talk about reality as it exists and i'm not debating it because i i believe in reality it's right in front of my eyes so i'm not disagreeing with your analysis at all my point is that even in such a system such as this it is possible to take personal responsibility to make better choices i mean i think sure. that should be obvious that's sure. that's the only point i'm saying like all these comments to that cnbc article if those people could have twitter accounts and spend 20 seconds ranting about how that article was fake news or it's not possible to live that way i would challenge all of those people that based on the income that they are making they may not be able to save that much but they can definitely save up enough to live a good life and it, it is mm-hmm. possible that's all that's the hope i'm trying to give by taking the example of my sibling or myself or you it's not like i'm trying to virtue signal that oh we guys are better than you no we are not we didn't have any other option but we are examples that it's possible to thrive in this economy irrespective of how the system operates you can make decisions where you can you know survive and live a pretty fulfilling life i mean if i can live a happy life on 2000 dollars a month and owning my own car come on man like come on people should be able to make smart decisions like people okay. on that thread people on that thread were shocked that somebody would get away with paying 40 dollars a month for their phone that's all i pay dude i pay 35 dollars a month I and pay people 30 were shocked dollars. 
I pay thirty dollars because I'm on a twelve person family plan. Exactly, you make tough choices. I'm actually not on any family plan. I'm on a solo prepaid plan, but I I pay only that much. And for my Wi-Fi, I found out like again, I I was a cheap. I w- I wanted to be cheap because I'm living in a studio and it's expensive. And so I went for the cheapest Wi-Fi. I had to buy a router off Amazon, and then I just pay like fifteen bucks a month for Wi-Fi. And I realized that I was like getting insane amount of uh, gigabytes of Wi-Fi in my in in Texas for my PhD, which I didn't even need. So I just went down, and it's perfectly fine. And like you just have to make. I mean, again, I know I sound like a boomer, and it's not like I wanted to judge these people, but I just feel like instead of complaining, you can try to make your life better. You can try at least. Fair enough. Also, this conversation made me think of something else that we talked about. Should we uh, not upload this podcast because I sound like a massive bitch? No, no, it's fine. Okay, Let's. Cool. We are just revealing ourselves. So. I hate this. <laughs> we talked about this privately, and I told you that during the pandemic and in the aftermath of George Floyd, etc., there's two things that I've done a complete 180 on. I was absolutely against guns, and I was absolutely against homeschooling. Both of which I now <laughs> feel are perfectly reasonable because both of them are means to protect your families from like the state or. Oh, don't death. tell me! Don't tell me you buy this whole schools are turning kids into Marxist minions. Come on. I mean, the thing is, you never know if someone does. It's possible. Let me just say it's possible. So what I mean, do you suggest? Hold Who's going to home homeschool your kids? Are you going to hire teachers to come to your house, or are you going to no, make I your wife that... homeschool your kids? Oh my God! Don't make me sound like some Indian chauvinist. Ah, uh, exactly. I wanted to. I was so I was so excited about that. Kids can just learn on YouTube or Khan Academy or whatever. I feel like there are more learning resources online than there could ever be in an actual. How class. would you feel if politics was kind of? Not talked about in school. Would you feel better about it then? It's hard, though, right? History yeah. has so much politics. It's so hard. It does, and I mean, a lot of the Indian history that we were taught, we were taught back in our school was like complete propaganda. Yeah, I would be comfortable. <laughs> I would be comfortable if history were never addressed in school. I don't think it's something that needs to be talked about in school. I know a lot of people will disagree with me, and I a lot of people will say that you teach children about history so that they don't repeat it. I feel like history will always have a bias. Mm, I thought you would say I feel like history will always repeat itself, and I was like, "Ooh, this podcast went down a dark lane so quick." I mean, maybe not unless. Not if you are Stephen Pinker, though. But uh, yeah, but no, I feel like history will always bring, or this history in textbooks will always reflect some view or bias of the person authoring it. And it's impossible to say that you talk about history in very nuanced, 
terms in school textbooks mm. so mm. let's just not go there mm. let's just simply not go there Kids uh, can speaking of pa- speaking of homeschooling and schooling did you follow the controversy in the new york uh, i think it's like the new york educational board the controversy of somebody a white guy holding a brown baby in his lap and you know like there was a zoom call have you heard of this controversy no um we should i'll send you a link to this article in the atlantic it's very well written uh, but basically what i could follow was that there was a zoom call for the new york educational board i think which is like a bunch of new york school parents who are part of this board of education and they kind of dictate some policies regarding schooling and they try to pitch it to the government and stuff i think and uh, among these different members they like get together on zoom to talk about whatever and like on one of those zoom calls there was a white guy with a brown baby in his lap rocking the baby during the call and one or two people left the zoom call i guess got offended and in the latest meeting uh, next meetings the white guy was asked to apologize because him holding a brown baby in the lap made the minorities feel uncomfortable and it was an act of racism and he needs to learn and identify his biases and how he is contributing to systemic racism and he was like not willing to budge he was like that is somebody like i think it's a friend's nephew or like friend's kid i don't know who it was but he's like just because i have like a black baby in my lap doesn't mean that i'm a racist or anything in fact it means the opposite and then they were like no just because you have a black friend does not make you not a racist and these are people like involved in the new york you know education board and yeah. they- convince me that homeschooling is a good idea thanks yeah yeah i mean yeah i didn't want to i mean i don't think homeschooling is a good idea but this incident reminded me of that i'll send you the atlantic article because i'm sure. not narrating it as well but it's as horrifying as i made it sound basically God. there was a why and of course there's a karen screaming in the call it's not it's not the karunas or the kamakshis screaming on the call it's always a karen uh. and she was screaming that you know uh, uh, when a white man rocks a brown baby in his lap that pains us that 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 hurts us that speaks to us of the systemic racism and that's like she's screaming on the call and the whole call is like a 45 minute zoom call Both? and she's like screaming hold on for, hold on, yeah. hold on. if she it's angelina jolie what is she going to say <laughs> i know dude i know it's it's very sad because these things are becoming racist and it's just leading like it's almost like they want segregation they do. Like they want, they do they do this... yeah god what a bunch of morons and yeah oh. the white person rocking the black baby or brown baby in their lap that person policy wise was not for segregated schools they wanted like schools that were you know diverse or whatever but of course karen wanted segregated schools so the new anti racism is in fact just same old racism coated in white paint as a wise person would say that is yeah that is the the analogy is the toilet commode white on the outside brown on the inside oh my god oh my god i know it's quite horrifying that incident especially was like disgusting so disgusting because it's happening in like a position of power and there was no push back against this insanity so i will be sure you, to send you to read about that uh, 
I, I forget who, but some US government officials, I think they work for the nuclear authority or something of that sort, were forced to attend these uh, diversity trainings where the only message was white is white equals bad. What the fuck? God, man, this is exhausting. This is like genuinely exhausting. And now you have all sorts of grifters that are, you know, selling the Robin D'Angelo's of the world, man. Yeah, so many of them. Lord. I don't buy this pill, okay? And I don't, and I've gotten into some of these mini Twitter fights where these activists will start telling me, do your work. Don't expect us to do the emotional labor for you of educating you. Do your work. Read book X, Y, and Z. And you know how I feel about reading books. I might just forward those books to you because you are into reading this year. So you might have to read it and summarize it because, no, I I, I read enough academic papers for a living. I'm not about to read a PhD worth of academic papers to understand this obscure point that makes no logical sense to any sane human who reads it. So yeah, like I get into these fights and then I just stop responding to them because I can't read these books, dude. I can't take the time to do the reading. I'm very sorry. This is the this is the equivalent of crazy Christians or Muslims or Hindus saying that, oh, but you haven't read what is exactly written in the Bible or in the Hadith, yeah. Quran you haven't or, read the Hadith. That is one You don't have to read. Hadith have to read like with extremely religious or extremely woke people your behavior matters more than what is written in your holy texts yeah and even that holy te- text they need to be like simple they need to be like throw the gay off the roof it shouldn't be some complicated convoluted word vomit of 10,000 10, sentences that ultimately you, you don't understand might, anything. You might, you might want to clarify that you don't actually condone that particular... I absolutely thing. don't condone it. It's just a reference to a common religion that says that... Actually, multiple common religions that said that, which is super offensive and problematic. But I was just trying to be... Mm-hmm. What is the exact word to say? I was just trying to be provocative. Edgy. Edgy is the right word. Uh-huh. My best friend is gay. I know that's not a jail-free card, but I really happen to love gay people. And I have no problem with them. This was just a joke. Uh, we should but yeah. invite him sometime. I know. But I think his laughter would give our identities away. It's 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 the kind of laughter that even Kamala Harris can't beat. So it oh, might God. be tricky. Yeah, we should sure. have Orange Man, Orange Man back again, though. Yeah, I think we that should. Would we be should. Fun. I think that would be fun. Yeah. All right. I think, yeah, we've rambled on for an hour. So next yeah, episode... I can, give you, I can give you a minute, though, to rant about Kamala for the last minute yeah, if you want. Yeah. I, I already said the safe word, so I'm done. Okay. <laughs> they, I want to talk about another California politician, though, in the next episode. I want to talk about this lady called Lorena Gonzalez, huh. who wrote... Yeah, I, I don't think she's on your radar at all. She's basically a union-backed San Diego council member. No, union-backed California assemblywoman from San Diego. She wrote a disastrous piece of legislation that has wrecked California's freelance economy. And as of yesterday, Uber Uber and, Uber and Lyft were about to shut down their services, but the court intervened and so... Right now it's ongoing, but I need to talk about, we need to talk about like the effect of socialist policies. 
then can we also talk about another one of our brethren shama savant uh okay <laughs> i i will go into a story of how much of a grifter she is i can't wait but you'll have to send me some material beforehand so i do some reading about this at least okay, i want this, to write some good you want to read about both of these people all right i will i i do know a little bit about shama savant but uh, i don't know about what the sadi gonzales you are deliberately mispronouncing her name right savant savant shama savant yeah savant oh i think i went all american on her shit yeah you did anyway all right she all is right. also a uh, tamil whatever that i didn't believe ंड and uh, she came to the us after her marriage and she did her phd somewhere and her wikipedia says that she was appalled by the poverty in the us i mean you came from india what the fuck <laughs> coming I mean, from we india- are disparaging our own country but it's the truth come on there's a reason we have this podcast and you know we are grateful for all this country has to offer and, and this is yeah. like, she came in the 90s or 2000s or whenever. I mean, it's not like she came now when you can even make a claim that okay, India is probably blah, blah, blah. she came a long time ago and she is like appalled by the poverty and inequality in the US. I mean, anyway, <laughs> inconveniently, and she got involved in all of this lefty politics. Inconveniently for her, her husband worked for Microsoft. Ah. How she could he him. work? How could he work for the richest man back then? I mean, she dumped him. That's a socialist nightmare. Good on her, lady. Good on, good on you for standing up for your principles. And like a lot of other brown socialists, there's that Jamila Jamil chameleon. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. They married to white dudes, which again huh. I don't give a damn about, but. My God, these people are so fucking fake. Hmm. Indeed. And uh, the other day, I saw this uh, Twitter thread of someone uh, making fun of Dev Patel for dating some white chick, and they had written like a twenty thread, twenty tweet long thread, whining about why this brown guy chose this white girl, a generic white girl. went on to fat shame or rather slim shame or like whatever look shame her body and comment about his choice in why he would date only white girls and you know like as a uh, asserting motives giving him motives which don't exist at all and like rambling basically it just sounded like someone envious that dev patel didn't pick them it was a brown girl and she was like this is such a common phenomena brown men they go for white girls i don't know why they do this they they always go for this sleazy normal looking white girl who won't mind sub- being submissive to them blah 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 and it's like insanity okay the amount of analysis that they did is insane like there is yeah there is that left wing twitter goes like crazier than the actual nazis or kkk like she was so hateful in her thread 
that i think kkk would have joined her and said totally dude leave our white women alone dev patel should date one of your kind i mean so wait they would totally woke, bond over this woke brown girls racist white people and conservative indian parents all have the same concern exactly dude exactly although conservative indian parents if their son dated a white girl that would be okay if their daughter dated a uh, brown person sorry if their indian daughter uh, hard to say actually no nah, actually i think it works the other way around yeah actually it works the other way around if their daughter catches a white guy that's a catch because they yeah. God, we are such terrible people dude plus plus, society, plus, yeah. plus white guys like dowry true oh god it's terrible it's quite terrible i mean our society is pretty bad dude <laughs> it is I'm anyway Anyway, yeah, we rambled. Let's ra- let's wrap up. You might want to check our Twitter notification and have a laugh or cry. Why? And have you been take a look for something? No, no, of course not. Come on, <laughs> no one listens to this. All right. <laughs> I forgot what our. Okay, never mind. I'll I'll text you later. Yeah. You want to say the sign off spiel? Sure, sure. So anyway, thank you everyone for listening to this rambling session. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to share the feedback and stay safe and have a fantastic weekend ahead. And yeah, see you until the next time. Bye bye.